Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Happy first of the month. On the first day of each month, we review the book of the month. In order to be considered for book of the month, a book has to meet a very simple criteria. It has to be impactful enough that it will either change your life or your perspective on the world. Now, whether it does or not, of course, is entirely up to you. If you consume it as a piece of entertainment, you're missing the point. But if you internalize its lessons, you have a meaningful shot at lasting change. Our book this month is absolutely worthy of book of the month. It is by famed hedge fund manager Ray Dalio, and it's called Principles for Dealing with the Changing World Order, Why Nations Succeed and Fail. Ray Dalio's observation is that every major surprise in market conditions had not been witnessed in his career as a trader on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, nor had it been witnessed at any time before in his career. But that doesn't mean it was the first time in history. If you bother to look back through history, these same events have occurred numerous times. In 1933, President Roosevelt broke the promise to back the U.S. dollar with gold by confiscating all the gold in the U.S. The U.S. was broke. Again in August of 1971, Richard Nixon broke the U.S. dollar by taking it off the gold standard. This was the first time Ray Dalio had experienced a currency default in his lifetime. In fact, for many of us, this was the first currency default we experienced in our lifetimes. And the decade that followed was a period of high inflation, of economic upheaval. But a look through history shows that these types of events happened numerous times before throughout history. In both cases, the break with the gold standard allowed government to spend more than it was earning. It allowed government to print more dollars than existed in the economy. The result was an increase in asset prices for both gold, stocks, and commodities. Since the beginning of time, whenever governments spend more than they earn, the money devalues and asset prices increase. Same thing happened again in 2008 and again in 2020. To understand what's coming at you, you need to understand what came before. The Roaring Twenties created the conditions that resulted in the Great Depression. In the same way, the period leading up to 2007 created the same conditions which resulted in the financial crisis of 2008. We've also seen increasing populism, with the left focusing on redistribution of wealth and the right protecting the wealth. But more than discrete events, there's an arc that follows. It follows the growth. There's a peak. There's a decline for any dominant world power. And that pattern has repeated itself with the Roman Empire, the Spanish Empire, the Dutch Empire, the British Empire, and on and on. No dominant world power has maintained that dominant position indefinitely. We also see historically that up-and-coming world powers enter into conflicts with the existing dominant world power. We see this now with the tension between China and the U.S., these conflicts are not necessarily military, at least not at first. Following the Second World War, the Bretton Woods Accord established the U.S. as the dominant world power. Ownership of the world reserve currency is usually associated with that global dominant position. In his research, Ray researched the cycle of 10 cycles of world dominance involving the rise and fall of a great power, and in particular he looked at four. He looked at the Dutch Empire and the Gilder, the British Empire and the Pound, the U.S. with the dollar, and now China with the yuan. These cycles usually last 150 to 200 years, with transition periods that last between 10 and 20 years. And these transition periods are usually marked with a lot of conflict. The outgoing powers don't go down without a fight. What makes this time different from previous periods is that we're now in a nuclear age where we collectively have enough firepower to destroy the world. There are numerous levels at which countries compete. They compete for technology and for inventiveness. They compete for education. They compete for global competitiveness in world markets, the economic output power of the financial center for capital markets, 
They compete for a share of world trade, for military strength. They compete for resources. They compete for political influence, and they compete for dominance of culture and ideology. We can see how all of these countries are rising and falling in each of these areas. There's a linkage between education and emergence as a world power. The big cycle usually happens after a war. Because nobody wants to challenge the world power, a period of peace and prosperity emerges. And as people get used to peace and prosperity, they increasingly bet on it continuing indefinitely, and a financial bubble ensues because more and more debt, assuming perfect market conditions, goes towards that particular trajectory. The wealth gap grows, and when the financial bubble bursts, there's internal strife to redistribute the wealth. It can happen peacefully or sometimes as a civil war. There's so many parallels from history that you can find today, patterns that repeat themselves. The empire struggles with internal conflict and eventually loses power as a result of that internal struggle. While it's not preordained that the U.S. will lose its dominant position to be replaced by China, there's a trajectory that's following a familiar pattern. In his book, Ray Dalio outlines the things that can be done to avert and delay capitulation of a dominant position. It requires a lot of military spending. As increasing challenges are made against the dominant power, that leaves the dominant power in a difficult quandary. Fighting and losing is the worst possible outcome. Declining to fight is a little better, but signals to the rising power that the incumbent is weak and might be vulnerable to future challenges. Now, this is not a small book. At 559 pages, Ray Dalio's study of history is still considered concise, focusing on the patterns that transcend these empires and how those lessons apply to today. If you can spare the time, I highly recommend you go get Ray Dalio's book, Principles for Dealing with the Changing World Order, Why Nations Fail and Succeed. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.